Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that analyzes and makes fun of all your favorite scary movies. We're going to talk to you today about Lynn Ramsey's 2017 film, You Were Never Really Here. If you haven't seen this movie yet, we should warn you that we will spoil the shit out of it for you, so you should watch it on Amazon Prime. It's actually very short and super compelling, and you need some chapstick. Mary's miming putting on chapstick. Anyway, um... So pause us now and then come back after you've watched the movie. But if you've done your homework, then let's just get into this. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Mary. And because our other regular host is out raising a good man into the world, that means she just had a beautiful multi-ethnic genius baby. We have our friend of the podcast, Christopher David Rosales, on with us as our lovely guest today. Chris, will you tell us about yourself and your writing? Yeah, happy to. Um, so, it, first of all, it's great to be on here. I really enjoy the podcast. Um, and I, uh, mainly because I enjoy talking about dark things in funny ways, um, which makes me a weirdo writer. And me too. <laughs> that's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, so, I'm originally from Paramount, which is in LA County in Southern California. And I lived there until I came out to Boulder in uh, 2007. I now live in Denver. Uh, I teach at the Jack Kerouac School. And I write uh, novels that don't know what they are, like horror, sci-fi, literary, crime, noir, love story things. Um, and my newest one is called Word is Bone, and that is launching on Friday. Wait, did you say Horror is Bone? Word is Bone. Wow, you took that to an even darker place. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you said Word is Bone. That, What's Bone? <laughs> this is Word is Bone. It's a play on the, I don't know if you've ever listened to rap, but like Word is Bond, you know that? Kind of, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I got you now. But yeah. I, at first I was just like, <laughs> what the f- <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me if I'm a little uh, jet lagged. Did you just write the porn version of your own novel? I did. I just go straight to <laughs> what they amazing. would make. I just get the premise. <laughs> um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, this is a great time to be doing this podcast. Yeah, we had um, we couldn't see Chris's like video while we were recording, but Mary saw his um, his author uh, avatar photo, and she's like, "Wow, that is fancy as shit." She's super <laughs> excited, and that's the author picture on the back of the book. So, if nothing else, you got to get the book so you can see that picture. It's <laughs> dreamy. It's dreamy. What can I say? I was actually really glad that Chris didn't hear all of that happen because it made me sound very thirsty. And then Mary Kay was like, let's wait until we press record and get his live If you don't like reaction. it, of course we can cut it out. I just thought it was a selling point for the I like book. How I like how you're putting in exactly what you said you were glad you were leaving out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's relieved, good. Relieved, relieved that we can cut all, it out. I just felt like you, you deserve know, to know. No, no, it's fine. I just, you know, it actually feels better to have it all out in the open, <laughs> and now we can, now we can all move on. Like we're really we're, we're on the we're, same yeah, page. It's just for one of these people, the page involves now wanting to peel off her own skin and try and eat it, which is what I told you earlier would happen. <laughs> <laughs> So, Eric, please cut all of this <laughs> if Mary wants. No, no. I just thought it was you, funny. Eric, you can leave it in. I'm being silly. Also, the skin is the best part, so, like, why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> I know. It's like pork rinds. I didn't understand what the problem was, but I was just going to let you have it because I felt like I had fucked up a second ago. <laughs> just brine the whole thing in some Coca-Cola, batter it. 
gonna be great. Did that get real? Anything deep fried? Yeah. Uh, I mean, ever. I only like sushi when it is deep fried mm-hmm. twice. So, <laughs> the icebreaker for this movie, actually, Chris, you came up with it. Do you want to say it? So, what weapon would you use to torture someone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we'd just get the dark out of the way. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to take this darkness in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I would okay. put them in a locked box full of six-month-old kittens. Oh. Oh, God. I would die. Wow. They're, they don't even have to be allergic. Just their claws are so sharp still because they're so young. <laughs> and they also don't really get how to use them yet. And they want to play all of it's the like time. It's like microdermabrasion, your whole body. Oh, man. You know what? So I had someone describe tattoos to me once as it feels like you're being cat scratched, but like really fast, like punctures instead of dragging, which is very much what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what my my six-month-old kitten tries to do to my face while I'm sleeping. He likes his idea of like a loving cuddle is to lay on my chest and hold my face in his hands and then make sure I can't move. It. <laughs> <laughs> like lock in. <laughs> oh, that's oh my gosh. kind of romantic, so, yeah, that would be- actually, in a way. He thinks it is while he tries to put his nose inside of my nostril right. so he can really sniff me good. So That's where all the best smells are, in the sinus oh, cavities. I wouldn't know. Might have been clogged for like 17 years. I can't say. So, um, yeah. So I think locked in a like large-ish coffin full of six-month-old kittens. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Even if you die of cuteness first, you still it's pretty rough. Like, you're you're dead. Yeah. And then they're going to eat your eyeballs, because they don't care about anything. That's really true. Cats will eat that's, you. That's what I heard. I learned that from 30 Rock. That's why I'm super careful getting in and out of my tub. Careful. Careful. I don't really... <laughs> careful, careful. Because the, the smoking hot Stephanie March told me to be, so now I am. I had a hard time thinking it up. Um, that's why I asked the question because I just don't know myself well enough to know what I would do with that. But uh, but I I was tortured once when I was a little kid. My sister and my my older sister and my cousin Tara they tied me to a chair and made me watch the New Kids on the Block VHS um, over and over again just to tease me. And at the time, I was like, all I knew from anything was like GI Joes and stuff. And then so I can never hear oh 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 you know without just like. PTSD, like that's my uh, Joaquin Phoenix PTSD, breathing in the back, trying to get over it thing. So I probably like, uh, I'd probably do something like that. But for my liberal vegan friends, it'd be like Trump speeches and uh, like char- charcuterie plates or something like that. You know, Ooh. what's wrong with charcuterie? Oh, because they don't eat meat. Charcuterie is my favorite snack. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. I will. You want to hear something I learned for like last night? Because um, I've been watching, I've been binging The Sopranos. Oh, I started doing that too. Like you do when you find out. Yeah, it's a good ass show. Um, I figured out because I was super bummed out, so I had the subtitles on so I could read and watch TV at the same time. And I learned that. So you know how Michael Scott, whenever he's trying to be a gangster, he orders the gabagool. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was nonsense, and it's just a pronunciation of gabagola. <laughs> I never knew that until last night, and I was reading the subtitle. <laughs> anyway, I just had to tell everybody. Nice. Now we all know. No, I love, that's like, I will almost always like have the basics for a nice charcuterie spread in my pantry and fridge, just like ready to go, just in case. 
I never do because I will just eat that yeah. cheese. Like, oh, I do. I don't need anything I to do. go with so cheese. When I, say I just that I work always, on my night cheese. When I say that I always have it, I mean that I always buy it because then I eat. Uh-oh, Chris, are you vegan? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm working on trying to include um, more vegetarian in my diet. So once a month. I eat veg- vegetarian, but um, pretty much every <laughs> other meal has meat involved. I've tried. I've tried. We all tried. Mary Kay was vegetarian for a while. I was vegan for a while. Nice. I just felt weird and hungry the whole time. Oh. I'm not going to lie to you. I like it. I've never felt... And I ate a lot of bread, which is not healthy. No, well, I like it because you don't get the meat sweats, like where you just have to stop everything for a little while and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that. <laughs> it's a true though. I probably would sweat a lot less if I just... <laughs> I, when I, was ve- I never will again. When I was vegan, I never felt better in my life. I had so much energy. I looked amazing. Like Mary Kay saw me and she was like, what have you been doing? Oh my God. Yeah. But then um, it made my butt. At what cost? My God, at what cost? At what cost? It made my butt go away. So I ordered wings immediately upon finding out. <laughs> yes, yes you did. <laughs> and what kind of wings did you order, Mary? There is a right answer. Uh, I was in West Virginia, so Buffalo. Hmm. I didn't have access. I'm sorry. To the the proper... answer we were looking for is lemon pepper wet. But yeah, believe I mean, me, I was in West Virginia. You don't think I was looking wings. for some lemon pepper wet wherever I could get it? <laughs> you poor thing. Oh, you poor thing. Um, I decided that the weapon that I would use to torture someone with is I would replace all of their clothes with one size too small. Oh, psychological. You're like incepting their wardrobe. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it would make everybody sad. That's true. That's my goal in torturing someone. I also, though, in a more practical sense, weapons of opportunity, like whatever is mm-hmm. around, is the real answer. Yeah. Also, right. quick question, though. Would your wardrobe inception work on straight white men? No. Because they're already Usually. wearing, like, three sizes too big to begin with. <laughs> like, they don't understand that whatever the shape of their body is, we like, it looks right. better if you can see it in the first place. Right. Like, we just want to see whatever the shape, oh, the shape is, is a sausage? That's cool, man. Just, like, put on a little sausage-shaped shirt. That's fine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Mary, you're overgeneralizing, but I do feel like that is a generally accurate stereotype about white men, white straight men looking unkempt and slovenly. Generally. That's why I just always assume, yeah, whenever I see, like, a well-kept man, I'm like, gay, probably. <laughs> or, or married. And that's not fair, but... Or married. That's hilarious. Or mar- or someone else is dressing him, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, I've, I've had so many friends, or I know it's not, like, it. it's something that most, a lot of men, like, grow out of, or at least part way. But True. But so many guys, like... Until somebody bought them a sweater that fit or a pair of pants that fit, they weren't, they like just saw that on a rack and just assumed yeah. that it wouldn't work or that it wouldn't fit or that that wouldn't look right. And until they had a reason to like put something on or they would offend somebody, mm-hmm. they just never, never knew. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you're right. So I need to adapt my torture weapon for the straight white man. And because that, they always oh, I got that treatment. one. That's easy for me to torture them. Um, I would ask um, the same iteration like different iterations of the same question over and over mm-hmm. like how was your day like what but what did you do today? <laughs> like, but where were you at they oh hate it they fucking hate it who was there <laughs> oh. Um, what do you who where were you at who were you there with what do you mean you don't remember who was there <laughs> you fucking know i know you fucking know <laughs> 
Okay, but I just, I mean, I just think it's weird that you wouldn't tell me who was there. Like, there's no way you don't. Like, the more you were standing there and you suddenly had face blindness, you don't know who was there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. No comment. We got it. I feel like that was a great question. <laughs> No comment is a comment. <laughs> pleading the fifth is pleading guilty. We know this now, right? Yeah, this isn't a real fucking court, man. This is a, a bitch needs to know court. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> um, oh, this is the best best icebreaker question we've ever had, I think. pretty good. Um, all right, now i got to work my face muscles loose. Holy God, that was so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> Do this number. So what makes... No, 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 no. Clasp your hands in front of you and then shake them, but relax your jaw and then try to talk to it. <laughs> I don't even. Mary, please make a boomerang of that so we can post it. <laughs> I will put on a higher cut shirt and then sure. I'm less. <laughs> All of our faces are covering your cleavage, so it's fine. <laughs> Is what I want to know is is that something you knew before this improvisational <laughs> conversation? Is that like a theater trick you learned in high yeah. school? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a real. Um, oh my gosh! So a lot of people can like grab their lower jaw and like uh-huh. kind of shake it to loosen it. Um, but if you can't, yeah, and th- so yes, I did this, learn this as part of like vocal warm ups for theater. Cool. Not to, uh, so I, I actually that's what I have my degree. Okay. In. And Chris and I have not met before this conversation, so I have the, my degree in theater from uh, from a school. Fantastic. And then, um, but yeah, so if you find that you can't, from a school, tell him what school you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's embarrassing now, but uh, yeah, I went to NYU. No, oh, that's not. great. And I. Yeah. So then, uh, so yeah. If you clasp, see, good reaction. If you clasp your hands in front of you, it's a big deal. It's like when you make me introduce myself as a professor instead of a teacher. Yeah, but you did something. Like you did something with that. Like you were actively doing it. I got a degree in theater, and right now I'm sitting in my parents' house. Like, it's a really nice room, though. I already told you I like that comforter. None of that. That's not mine. The cat looks like a pillow. The cat, like a boa. The cat yeah. does look like a boa, actually. No, um. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, you clasp your hands in front of your face, and if you shake them like that, for a lot of people, it's easier to release, just kind of like try and let your mouth hang open, mm-hmm. but it's a little more, just more energetic, so it can kind of help you I like, see. shake it See, I, I found all of that fascinating, and I listened every step of the way, but in my mind, when I replay this, you say you made it up, that it's just, you just... <laughs> <laughs> when they tell the story of my brain, <laughs> they will say that I've made it up. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with everyone before we dive into the outline mm-hmm. that um, Game of Thrones comes out on Sunday for us, like, based on when we are recording this. Mm-hmm. I, am, right. I am a mere four days away mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. all I can think about. I'm rereading the books. I'm rewatching mm-hmm. the show. It's like my whole world right nice. now. So there's probably going to be a bunch of weird little Game of Thrones references in the course of the episode because they keep coming out of my mouth no matter what I try to do. Mm-hmm. I explained all of Westerosi geography to my mother yesterday. She's never seen the show. But now she knows. All of where the major houses are, all of their words, their sigils. What's wrong with me? Um, nothing is wrong with you. Everyone loves that show. Quite literally everyone. I'm, I'm currently thinking of a McSweeney's list based on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone. Everyone. And in fact, I challenge everyone. you to answer every single one of 
these prompts <laughs> with a reference to Game of Thrones. It'll be a hybrid episode. Okay. Hey, <laughs> crossover content. Anyway. Great. Crossover content. Dear HBO, don't don't hurt. <laughs> okay, what makes this movie scary? I don't know if we decided to gloss over it. I wouldn't call it glossing, but it's pretty obvious the whole concept of sex trafficking of, of, of young girls is yeah. terrifying in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't yeah. think of a, a way to talk about that without just saying that, <laughs> you know? Well, and yeah. Cause like, not, there's no nuance gonna, to it. It's just straight up horrifying. It's going to be a lot of Mary being like, am I dumb? Am I a barbarian? Mm-hmm. Because, um, Mary Kay and Chris watched this and they were like, Whoa, man, art. And I, the movie <laughs> ended and I was like, Whoa, man, what? <laughs> um, uh, so I did- you didn't think it was scary when that little girl walked out of the room after that dead naked man, the the child in a nightgown. No. I don't think I understood. I, I did. Like I never I was like, oh, quite no. had a handle on what was going on enough to get scared. Oh, okay. I see. So like, there would there would, some stuff would happen, and then there'd be some stuff, and there'd be some stuff, and just when I would think like. Okay, so that's what's really happening, or this is the story, or this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. I, I just kept feeling like I either lost the thread or had gone too far out in front. Like I, I read too much into stuff, and so yeah. So even though there were images that were that were powerful or scary, a lot of that that was my experience. Of this movie was a lot of really compelling or powerful or uh, fascinating or horrifying images. But I didn't have enough of a through line to... That makes sense. There's not a whole lot of, like, establishing, grounding... Oh, right. no, it comes it's out of the like, age. It's charging. I mean... It's very experiential. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that, but like, it's I like a, it. It's a, it's a very um, weed-adjacent mm-hmm. movie. Like, I, I kind of wish I'd been high, because then I feel like I would not have needed the through line. It would have just been like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> um, and then it would have been fine. <laughs> I was super tired, which is basically the same thing. I don't know if you guys know this about me. I don't smoke weed because it makes me feel like a know-it-all. And I don't know if you know me that well, but I already am a know-it-all. <laughs> so it's very unpleasant for everyone, including me. I just feel like I have the world figured out and nobody else knows a damn thing. Yeah. So no. It's not fun. But, okay, so what about, did you guys think Joe was scary? Is Walking Phoenix ever not scary? He's pretty brooding and scary to me. Like, he's got that... Uh, that haunted, and I don't like to make actors' personal lives part of my interpretation of their characters. But he he looks like someone who had to call nine one one to get his dead brother up off the street in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And which he had to do. He's just haunted. It seems like you know um, in the way he plays his mm-hmm. characters. And but he's good enough that he plays them all differently. I don't. I never. Yeah, he's yeah. never just pulling a, a Al Pacino and it's just like, Al, yeah, yeah like just yeah. in everything. Look, <laughs> look, I love Pacino so much, but yeah. 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 So was he scary though? Um, yeah, yeah. I think he was haunting, but I think that he gets a lot of like save the cat moments where you, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they kind of like, you still feel sympathy for him at least. He has, like, some morality, mm-hmm. but it's a skewed version of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing bad shit to do a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I like that, though. 
I I also found him terrifying and um, true to my nature also immediately fell in love with him. Am I alone in that? Probably. Yes. Lucan, just go ahead and understood. Yes, I'm alone in that. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, but if I came into the room, my boyfriend was like breathing in a plastic bag, just like, oh, I don't know. I no, I can't hear you. Like, oh. oh, honey, you did the laundry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say it again. I missed it. I know it was at my expense, so I feel like I deserve to hear it. <laughs> I said that if I came into the room and my boyfriend were breathing into a plastic bag, and oh, I was shit. Like, no, that would be so scary. He was right. like, oh, I just wanted to feel something. I'd be like, oh. And I said, Mary Kay, you'd say, oh, great, you picked up the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> It's a small victory, you know. My ex never picked up the dry cleaning. You're so much better than he is. That's, that's true. <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, I do. I did like him as a character, though. It's also, he's like a really good looking guy, I think, just in general. Um, maybe to me personally, because he does have that like little bit scary, little heart, little edgy yeah. type of what's gonna what's gonna happen with him type of mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. um which i like uh i don't know why it's kind of gross that i like that but whatever i've accepted it made peace with it moved on with my life i was thinking um, like I also think- <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> you- no you go I, I, I was thinking like the, the the most scary thing would be like the moment you swiped right on his tinder profile he'd be like standing at your door <laughs> like i found you <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that's never happened before. <laughs> what would that guy message you on Tinder? What would he message you? Like you swipe right, just the hammer emoji. Him, what do you say? You're like, hi, smiley face, and he's like, what? Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> right? Do you own any? Hammers? Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> did you did you see me? Do you know where you saw me? It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> This is, by the way, second glass of wine, Mary Kay, so I hope y'all are ready for me to Super Mario up out this page. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Should we talk about... Oh, I just thought y'all knew that about me. Two glass of wine, Mary Kay is best self. Meanwhile, this is... I'm going to be third glass of wine, Mary, in a little bit here, so then it'll be like underwater Mario. I'm going to go in a tunnel to collect coins in the basement. That's what's about to happen. Um, so do y'all want to talk about the music in the movie? Sure. Yeah. I, I found that for me. like. Sure. Yeah. I, I found that for me like the scariest thing. Because um, or it, just those moments, they're disturbing. few and far between. It's almost entirely this electronics uh, score. And then, mm-hmm. and, um, and then there's that pairing that it's, it's a horror movie trope right there's got to be some music that you associate with happiness and love and things like that and then yeah. something really horrible happening which pissed me off because it totally ruined my memory of that song forever i used to put it on mix <laughs> i used to use my boombox on the oldie station to put it on mixtapes angel baby which angel song? baby what yeah that angel one baby, yeah. um definitely just got a sense of how old you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah now that song's ruined for me it's totally ruined for me it's all fucked yeah. up yeah there's a few songs in here that are like uh, I, oh it goes with like the child 
perversion it does. type of yeah. The how'd you do, how'd you do, how'd you do like one? A, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's something that, you know, a lot of it's it's a it's a commonly used element, right? That, that juxtaposition of, of sound and visual. Mm-hmm. But there are folks who do it like Tarantino does it, where it's like, okay, like you feel like you know that episode of my mom and I were just talking about this yesterday, that episode of the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. where she kills him with the frozen leg of lamb. Oh yeah. Is that Twilight or Hitchcock? Hitchcock. Yeah, it's Hitchcock, I think. I don't I don't, I don't remember what movie she kills it is. Him do you? It's not a movie. It's from the Hitchcock show. Oh, the Hitchcock show. It's an episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so she, she, the woman has this, you know, obnoxious husband, and she snaps and kills him with a leg of lamb, and then sticks it in the oven, and feeds it nice. to the inspectors who come over to investigate the situation. Oh. Um. Yeah. So fan- Love fantastic, it. right? But she. Uh, That's how you torture someone with a frozen leg. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be torture if he had not died instantaneously. Um, well, just let me have this. Well, that's that's what uh, that's what the Tarantino almost all of the time feels like to me. Like I'm being clobbered with a frozen leg of lamb. <laughs> like I do feel like Jackie Brown is my favorite though because oh it's the yeah most yeah on the nose. Yeah. Am I the one who told you to but watch it on purpose like that? What did I tell you to watch that? Uh, probably a long time ago. Oh, yeah, probably. But I've seen it many times since. Yeah, then. so. So yeah, so most of the time for me, Tarantino feels like I'm being like clobbered over the head with a leg of lamb. Like I get it; it's it's so like surreal and funny that he's singing this one song while he's also like torturing somebody. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this did not have that same quality. No, no, this one was upsetting. I also just because this, I think this happens during when they're playing Angel Baby. When Joe says, you know, like some more guys come around and he says, close your eyes. Oh, and she doesn't. To Nina. Uh-huh. And she doesn't. That wrecked yeah. me. Um, because <clears throat> like, and I get what he's trying to do. Like he's rescuing the cat or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, what could she possibly see that is worse than what she's already experienced? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, very sweet in thought. And also... So that's actually one moment that I do have a smart thing to say about, I think. Yay! Oh my God. Yeah. So that stood out Let's to me it. as not just that she could stand to see anything, but that she wanted to see him do it. Yes, mm. absolutely. That it was important to him that she not have this association with him as, like, the scary entity. And for her, like, she knows that that's not, that's not what's happening for her. That whatever he does right now, like... She has been through so much so quickly right. already that she wants to see him do this shit. Mm-hmm. The same way her dad says, like, I want them, I want you to hurt them. Yeah. Yeah, he's overcompensating though. Mm-hmm. Like But that, that sentiment, he's he's not the person who means it. She does. Yeah. Right. She doesn't say yeah. it, but she means it. Like she's seeing him actually do that gives her some kind of like connection to him, some kind of peace. But the one thing about that scene, I want you to hurt them. Um, I love how his response is just to kind of tuck down his hat. And that's it. You know, (laughs) it's really, really sort of undersold. And I love it. Well, he's a he's a military man, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's former military and FBI. You don't you don't respond to orders. You take them. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I also feel like 
veterans, though, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but they're either, they remain very closed-mouthed, or they, like, really make up for lost mm-hmm. time. Like, there's no in, in between, that is That is not an unfair assessment, in my experience. Okay. Oh, so my, my cross-section is fairly small, so... Your cross-section is also limited to Joaquin Phoenix in this movie types. That's true. That's true. That's the kind that I typically date, so that would that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I was I was in the military um, though, and I don't of... shut up for shit. So you know, I mean, maybe I'm the problem. The so other you section. fit into yeah, my I'm, algorithm. Neither does my neither does my my <laughs> brother. Neither does my brother in law. Like, just can't seem to turn them off. Like, there's got to be a switch somewhere. <laughs> Actually, I don't mind it at all. I enjoy talking to them. And then again, my dad. I don't. My dad never talked though. Yeah, he still doesn't. But he didn't talk before he went to the military either. He just. But also, he was raised by a guy who was in the Navy for 30 years and didn't talk. Yeah. You guys are just proving me right. I think that's what it comes down to. You do know it all, Mary Kay. You do. See? 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 That's why I don't need to smoke. I already got this shit figured out. Also, a great example of a military Um, man just, like, recognizing his superior officer appropriately. (laughs) So does that – that kind of fits into that idea of the the warrior mindset, like, that he's – He's kind of like I like to see him as this like wandering Ronin samurai out of a Kurosawa film or something, and uh, he's even he's even super minimalist that way. Like um, I've never seen someone who could commit so much murder with things that you could buy at a Lowe's or an IKEA. Like how the hell he manages to hurt someone with an end table just baffles me. But he does. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty. Uh, this is when they come in to get Yeah, when they come in the and, you know, time. he's kind of surrendered. I love that. that it's a great scene. scene. It's a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the, with the way that it's such a trashy motel and then they're fighting. He's choking him out on the floor and then you see it through the the mirror on the ceiling. Yeah, and it's all crack, it's cracked up. That's kind of a classic. I like, I like that kind of throwback to yeah. just about every crime movie, you know. It's good. And also I think that, again – kind of hues to this uh, really, but there, uh, for all that he looks a mess, and so much of his life seems messy, um, it's all about exactly what matters, that minimalist and methodical way of approaching things. And if he uses hammers that he can get at any hardware store, mm-hmm. anywhere, anytime, who could trace that? Everyone, everyone has bought a hammer at some point in their life. Most people will buy multiples. Mm-hmm. Hardware stores probably sell hammers, more hammers a day than they could remember or count. Right. One guy coming in to buy a hammer, and even if that's all he buys, right? How many times have you? Which is a good... Yeah, how many times have <laughs> yeah. you been in the middle of a fucking like household project and been like, "Oh God, the one thing I need, I don't have," and you run to the store? <laughs> Which is a good time for yeah. a word from our sponsors, yeah. Joe's Hammers, specializing in ball peens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, you know, I'm trying to make y'all some money here. Don't, don't hate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, we'll take yeah. money. Yes, thank you. I... Take all of your everybody's money. Speaking of minimalism, I so this is this happens a lot in like in at least mob movies, but probably also crime uh, shows and TV and movies too. But um, whenever they're like, there's a hired hand or hired gun, and then they, you know, get the target. They go to a payphone. He goes to the airport to get to the payphone, which I was like, there's no payphone. Then I watched it again. He was like, airport. And I was like, there are payphones at the airport and nowhere else in the world. Um, But he calls him and he says, it's done. And I just, 
I love that trope because we everybody knows what it means right away. And then I also feel like it is a red flag for anybody who's listening to the call. Like, you know what that means. So I would change that if I was a hired gun to just be like a whole breakup conversation. Just be like, we are so done. We're never, like... You know what I think that if somebody were tapping a phone, the first thing they would just tune out completely would be a like, oh my God, Mary Kay, you will not believe what she said. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, make the patriarchy work for you, hired female assassin or a woman assassin or yeah. a woman identifying assassin. Let me or tell you what these motherfuckers did. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> what would be, a, okay, what like, would be the male so equivalent? Sick. I am so fucking there. There can't be. Because everything you say is important. Nothing we say. I don't know. I mean, I think if you start a telephone conversation and it's being tapped in and it starts as like, dude, bro, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're like not even there. I mean, (laughs) I'm not listening. I'm not listening. But I don't know what the FBI is. Okay. But if I'm like. What about if you just started recapping Game of Thrones? There you go. (laughs) Everyone would listen. It's fascinating. (laughs) Um, also, so everybody is either already seen it or they don't want any spoilers. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, but also I've already seen it, and if somebody were doing a really good job recapping it, I'd be like, "This is kind of fun." So, also, <laughs> I know exactly what phone call would work. It's the one I had yesterday with my high school best friend. So she saw. So Mary Kay and I have the same hair. Like, this is it is known, and we. Um, so the hair products I've been using, I was at a wedding a couple weekends ago, saw my high school best friend. And the day of the wedding, I didn't get my hair done. I just wore my hair the way I always wear it if it's down. And I got so many compliments and my friend was so impressed. I, the next day, she had gotten her hair done. It was full of hairspray. I was like, oh yeah, use my hair product. And she loved the way her hair felt. So she went and bought them. And yesterday she's texting me like, I don't know, I'm not getting the same result as you. So I was like, okay, I call her. And we spend, I shit you not, 30, 40 minutes on the phone with me being like, all right, so here's the technique. So I like to wash, then I do a plop, but with my conditioner still in. And then I reapply about a dime size amount. Like, I am going in like I am doing a fucking YouTube tutorial. Like, I am going to get some kind of promotional deal here. But really, like, I, she was like, I would watch it if you did a channel. I just need, can you send me a video? That is the phone call. <laughs> Like, everyone who was listening yeah. to the podcast was, like, starting to fall asleep, and all of a sudden they were like, oh, wait, whoa, 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 she raised her voice a little, what happened? That's yeah. it. The one where I'm describing how to style curly hair. Super boring to everyone who just doesn't have curly hair. Also, probably to a bunch of those people, too, who are just like, bitch, I've already got this shit down, leave me alone. I have a question real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, so, it seems like the title comes from the song that the cab driver is singing, Taking Joe to the Airport. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Or is that just clever editing? I thought it was a PTSD thing. Um, I okay. think it, it might be a little bit of both, but it would have been after the fact since it's based on a novella by Ames. Um, then that would have been done like in the production of the film itself. So, cause you can't really pull that off in a book. I don't think too well. Um, what music okay. you can't pull off hearing music in a book. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, 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 I know it sounds very saucy, but I actually, like, that's what you're saying, right? I'm making sure I didn't, like, miss Yeah, I do, it's just something that, I mean, also I'm familiar with Jonathan Ames' work, and I don't think he'd be the type to, like, put in italics the song lyrics that are being played on the radio or whatever. So gotcha. I think that it's more gotcha. of a Lynn Ramsey sort of cinematic, um, thematic okay. hint, maybe. 
So I think you're you're right on both counts, basically. Have y'all read the book? I have not. No. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Okay. I started reading it, and I was like, this just sounds like I'm reading the movie. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is oh, good, okay. but I didn't. Speaking of audio, like the, the countdowns that we get at different places that are happening out of the context of the scene, you know, like the five, four, three, two. So yeah. I was wondering, is that is that something that they that bridges these characters, like between his timed asphyxiation that can't go too far and her having to get through traumatic moments? Is that like some like Zen murder, death kill, Eckhart Tolle, power of now uh, kind of meditation ritual or what is that what do you think mary Kay? because i have some thoughts but i want to hear what you think first i don't really know i thought it was a way of like the first thing i thought of was in this i think that i heard this from victor frankel i think and then after that in the unbreakable kimmy schmidt Mm -hmm. but like if you can endure endure anything you can if you can endure 10 seconds of anything you can endure 10 more seconds Hmm. of anything um which is kind of how i interpreted it but i didn't really think about it that was just like my free association so i don't really know it's um it's a it's an, like a coping yeah i was gonna say it's not an uncommon like suggested coping skill to like focus on your breathing Mm -hmm. for a specific amount of time Also, um, like, so to, to focus, if, if just for, like, a count of ten, in and out, two, three, four, just taking that much time mm-hmm. helps reset mm-hmm. your breath pattern, which helps with panic response. Okay. Also, right. um, it is something that, as humans, we tend to do, right? Like, I, I love that seven workout app, mm-hmm. because the workouts are only, like, they're, each move is, like, 30 seconds long, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem like that much time. By the time you've done 10 seconds, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, by the time you've thought, had the thought, you're halfway, oh, 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 it's practically like being able to like yeah. Yeah. click that down is something that we yeah. naturally do anyway. Um, so between... The- I did that when I was running on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, would you look I at it? two you- more minutes. I can slow down in two more minutes. Yeah, you look at it and be like, okay, so I was going to do 40 minutes and it's only been two. But that's like... One twenty. Now I only have thirty yeah. left. It's one twenty. <laughs> so now you're thinking of that whole chunk of time was just a one, and you're like, "That's nothing." Twenty. Twenty's not mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. And you just need to keep like breaking it down into weirder and weirder fractions so that you keep tricking mm-hmm. your brain until you're done with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, because running keeps you alive, but again, at what cost? At the cost of your joints. At the cost of your sanity your back everything God. yeah exercise yeah. i just ugh. i'm like a cat chasing a laser like i have to go from place to place to place in five minute increments or i just won't even yeah, yeah. can't hang yeah yeah mm-hmm. my cat i have one cat that loves the laser and then one that realizes he can't catch it like he puts his hands and he can see the laser on top of his hands now and he's like are you oh, shit, no. <laughs> no that's no i don't fuck with that that's sorcery and walks away like like Obviously, this is the black cat, right? It's like when black folks meet street magicians and we're like, mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> yeah. So oh, the orange cat is like, this is so much fun. And the black cat is like, no, Satan. <laughs> I don't, un- I kind of think that can work for Joe, ex- es- bleh, Joe asphyxiating himself, mm-hmm. but but almost in like a reverse way. Like if I can not make it to 100 that is ideal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or he's like driving himself just almost to pass yeah. out mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like opening with him doing that is very upsetting like that's the first scene yeah right isn't that like the he, first thing um, we see yeah 
Yeah, I it it really it wilds me out that he he practices it like in the bedroom across the wall from his mother because that doesn't seem like in the bedroom type of stuff. That seems like in your studio apartment or motel room kind of activity. Like your life has taken also, a turn, you know. Um, I feel like I just learned a lot about your bedroom, but in my bedroom, no one would be shamed. For that. <laughs> no judgment, y'all. No judgment. No judgment. It's not like he just somehow stumbled onto a death wish. Like the, do you think about the choices he's made? Mm-hmm. Military, FBI. Like he keeps doing things that put him in harm's way. Yeah. Well, a lot of that... Now that he's out of all that, he keeps putting himself in harm's way. Like, he... I'm, I've, I found myself curious about when it, when this started or when he became aware. Because mm-hmm. now he, it's a very conscious, like, I have... I have, I a, like, thought... a, a struggle with whether I, which side of this line I want to be on. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder when he first realized that. I thought he first... He started doing it when he used to hide in the closet from his dad. And the dry cleaning bag was in there. Well, yeah, maybe doing that. But when did he become aware of? Oh, I see. Okay. The, the, I misunderstood the what you're asking. Well, yeah, but yeah. the split between like I, I, this was like a, a weird coping skill. Something about that sensation has now become comforting to me. And when did he become aware? I can die if I do this. Mm-hmm. And then realize I want to keep doing it anyway. I think it's kind of together. I don't and think there's much of a distinction, bring right? Bring all of this together that all of these choices he's made in his career, all these choices he's made in his life continues to make, keep putting him in death's immediate line of sight. Yeah. I feel like, and this is again, another overgeneralization, but in literature we read, or I have read a lot of um, stories about uh, former like warriors mm-hmm. and they, they've been so trained to be warriors that they don't feel like they have a lot of purpose when they're not right. fighting people. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that is a sort of, I don't want to say it's like an adrenaline rush because I feel like that is, uh, well, I mean, oversimplifying it. Well, maybe? well, when you live, okay. So the more you are exposed to life and death situations, the more your body reads its scenario, like the more you're exposed, the lower your threshold becomes, the lower your threshold becomes, the more predisposed you are for your body to interpret any kind of threat as a physically dangerous one and respond as if it needs to go into fight or flight. So if you live that way for an extensive period of time, then everything else, you have either these like lightning quick, really intense reactions to things or nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all so low threshold and so physical that it's the so The conversion of this, I think, is Adrian Pimento from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Also, I love how on that show, just real quick to take it light, they have his bachelorette party and Terry doesn't like him because he's crazy. <laughs> and um, he goes, well, you really love Rosa. And he goes, oh, I kill all of you for her. <laughs> like, just like, no problem. <laughs> I just love Jason Matsukas. Like, call me, honey. Just love, love, love. Love, uh, love Yeah, love. love him to death for sure. 
I've always joked that if I, like, this is when I had seen him in only Parks and Rec, like, six or seven years ago. And I was like, if I was ever in a romantic comedy, he would be, like, the, the male lead. The guy. Yeah. Because yeah. he's just, like, weird enough where you don't really want him, but you do. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> oh, I do, though. Like, I, for sure, like, here for it. No, I do. But I mean, like, in his roles, oh, he always picks role. somebody who's, like, a little bit too weird. But, like, you could get past it if you tried really oh, hard. Oh, like in Big Mouth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not like in Big Mouth. You don't love Jack. Although, did I already tell y'all that one of my friends told me I sounded like the hormone monstrous? Whoa. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. It was so That's great. Good. That's pretty good. And then I just said, I want to be hot and dumb. <laughs> because... I mean, who don't? It's got to be great. I think my my family's favorite thing, or I say my family, my siblings and their spouses and I's favorite thing to say. I was about to be like, no. is <laughs> a is just to like come up behind someone and go bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> my family's favorite thing to say is rage, rage, fucking, fucking rage. rage. But you gotta do you gotta do the like, rage, rage, fucking rage. Like try and like push it down into some part of your body that you don't have. <laughs> You sound more like the guy who from Disturbed. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, putting a face on it. Oh no! Oh my god! So my favorite thing that happened relatively recently. So my friend from college, my best friend from college, and I are in the car on a road trip from Austin, Texas, all the way up to Brooklyn, and we're like, you know, stopping along the way. We stopped and see Mary Kay in, Austin, in Atlanta for a couple of days. Woo! We had a wonderful time for the Super Bowl. That was insane. That was so. It much was fun. so crazy. And then, so at one point, we're on the road, and Evanescence comes on, and I'm like, "Oh, we're totally listening to this. This is my first concert. Can you believe that?" Mm. And when it gets to the part where they're like scream rapping, um, <laughs> yes, scream rap. Yes, no. from the early so aughts. That woman, is the thing we, as a culture we have decided to forget happens. <laughs> like 5'2 and blonde and like very cute and pixie-ish and like the sweetest looking and also like the scariest bitch actually. And like, she's wonderful. Um, She's just like, I, at one point I'm like, wake me up inside. She's like, girl, what? <laughs> But she's making this really weird, like, smiley, like, I can't wake up, pixie face. And I was like, what the fuck? And she was like, she just kept doing it. And when she kept smiling with really big eyes the whole time. <laughs> that, to me, is ter- more terrifying. Like, what? like, why are you like this? Why are you doing it that way? Why can't you look hard? And she was like, this is all I can do. Wake me up. <laughs> Should we talk about body horror with the smiling and the screaming? Should we move into that? It's a good fit. Oh my god. Okay, if we're speaking of smiling, then obviously the worst body horror in anything ever, this movie, whatever, doesn't even matter, is teeth, right? Mm -hmm. Losing teeth. Yeah, why does he pull that tooth? I assumed because it was loose. Due to the, the fight with the cop. So, right, because isn't it right after that? So he needs to yank out like a messed up tooth. And then that's... Yeah, I think he was. I thought he took it out because he was afraid it was already loose and he didn't want it to get like oh, messed up. Or then it gets all like swollen. The whole side, the whole side is side just of raw. Face is horrifying. Yeah, it's really gnarly. Yeah. What about? Looks like somebody uh, tenderized him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Eyeballs are a close second. If like someone tries to like help me get a speck of something out of my eye, I'm always like, no, no, just leave it in there. It'll be fine. I can. I have another I'll one. Just die. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's whatever. <laughs> 
They gave me two. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no teeth. <laughs> Still teeth. Yeah. I will put my finger on my eyeball right now just for funsies. I will not yank out my own. Face. I believe you. No need. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to do that for me. See, now that I know it's going to bother you guys, I won't. Oh, no. One of the, like, uh, body horror parts that was very effective for me was when Joe opened the door for the hotel attendant, and he got shot in the back of the head. Oh, yeah. Right away. That was gnarly. And you saw the blood go on his face. That was like, oh, shit, this is, oh, dear. I thought that was really well done. And so much of this movie's violence happens off screen, and that works better for me. Like, I can enjoy it more, and it's a little bit scarier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or I do, some, some degree of it, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a gore person. Like, I don't go looking for that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have found that, A, as I've gotten older and had, you know, experiences, mostly just working with children because they're disgusting, my stomach has... <laughs> strengthened a lot there's a lot that i can watch now that i didn't think i'd be able to um yeah but it doesn't mean that i need to watch it we talked about this during raw actually that's the second time this has come today mm-hmm. that like the whole like eating the finger scene we were like oh it's kind of like she's eating a chicken wing like <laughs> yeah. it was fine like it, it wasn't it was more so that it went on so long that it was uncomfortable mm-hmm than actually watching it happen. And uh, this movie, I think, I do think this movie did a great job of balancing what I see and what I don't Mm -hmm. to to great effect. Like, finding out that his mom was dead when he repeats that sweet action of taking off the glasses. But this time, you can see where the bullet passed through. Which is really powerful. Which I like, too, how that scene kind of mirrors the earlier, because when we first meet her, she remember she kind of like, takes him out. Um, I pretend she's yeah, dead. Yeah, spoiler alert, but yeah, she totally. Or not totally, really, yeah, but like. Yeah. She acts like she's dead. She's laying down in almost the same posture, you know? Um, so yeah. I thought. But isn't she also watching Psycho? I, she was earlier. There's something else on. Yeah. Oh, and she says Psycho that, okay. was on earlier. Oh, that leads me to the scene right after that, which I think is the first time we see him use a gun and the only, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, pretty significant, mm-hmm. but you know, he ends up actually kind of helping the guy out and singing that song, which is also yeah. another haunting song. You know, that was, yeah. that was talk about an image for me, him holding hands with, mm-hmm. with person who just did what he did. Um, that's another one of those moments of, of, yeah, this guy murders people, but, uh, mm, kind of like him. You know, I'd have a cheeseburger with him. Yeah. Just the cheeseburger. Just the cheeseburger. Like, yes. not, yeah, like, single. Not a meal deal. No, not a meal cutlery. deal. Like, I'm not staying for the fries, you know. No, 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 no. no. I'll take the fries to go, though, because I would never turn down. <laughs> right. Sounds like a fair compromise. I also don't want to see him open the ketchup packet, because that would just be a little too close to home for me. <laughs> Ew. I, is it weird? I, I don't really use ketchup. Oh, you're missing out. I mean, I know what it tastes like. I have used it. <laughs> I just like my That's potato weird. salty and otherwise unadulterated. <laughs> it's not a subtle flavor, that's for sure. Um, so, wait, let's go back to the part where they come and get Nina. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I know that you guys don't 
think that the montage worked so well, but I liked it because while he's fighting that guy, right before that, Nina finds out her father has killed himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I couldn't tell... First of all, what a fucking way to find out, no matter what your relationship with mm-hmm. him is, like, while it's on the news. And also, is I couldn't tell if she if they had drugged her or if she was just super traumatized and detached. I couldn't tell. Possibly And both. I think that's well done. Yeah. But I also liked, while they're fighting, you hear the news instead of the struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's solid. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And... That scene stands out to me because I, I think that might be a moment where I felt like I understood what was happening and why it was important. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think that's kind of the moment where I was like, ooh, it's about to become a kind of a mystery thriller situation. Mm-hmm. Then now he has to mm-hmm. figure out why this would happen and what is going on. And then at one point someone just tells him like, oh, well, this is what happened. And I was like, wait a minute. That's yeah. <laughs> Mystery gets it was like a Mary Higgins Clark. <laughs> I want to burn those on a fire. What's Is happening? That what you were, what you were thinking of when you said engagement with the body senses? Oh yeah, it's that's all. I mean, yeah. all these science. Well, real quick, um, the other interesting thing that that they do is you you think you know why he jumps off the building, but there's really two mm-hmm. options. It's either that he right was actually implicated in doing these things or he felt so much guilt and figured this was all over. Like Nina was in going to be in the hands and there was nothing you could do about it. And he does it out of guilt. But I do like that they don't explicitly say which one of it, of it that is. Yeah. I thought they made him jump. Oh, you, you, oh okay. That's interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I don't feel like I landed anywhere on it because i was just like oh this is this is gonna be part of the thing we figure out or he figures out rather that joe figures out and then it just kind of ended with a like no no we were all in on it Mwahaha! and i was like wait what <laughs> can i hear the Mwahaha again yes you can Mwahaha. i like it it's good um yeah but i i did notice about the senses it was probably right about that time after as the traumas are building that you know, I recalled that there's always sort of the engagement with sight in the mirrors. There's running hands out, out the window as he drives in the wind. There's wet, a lot of wet hair and touching wet hair. Um, there's the sauna. Yeah, like when Nina's hair's over and then she goes like with yeah, the water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought about That's him styling his hair in tell. the mirror. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like... Um, yeah. And he's underwater Oh, yeah, that's lot. true. He does that. Or in the beginning and in the And middle. in the sauna room, in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, I don't know how to take it, but I felt almost like, also speaking of trauma, there's moments in which you do have to ground yourself, sort of. Like, you, you have to put yourself back was, in the world, you know? So that's a common mm-hmm. PTSD reaction, and we talk about this a little bit in the episode about the invitation. Um, Good movie. Yeah, so um, <laughs> but we talk about ASMR, and this kind of like very sensory quality to the sound in that in that movie of 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 hearing like a like kind of the sound dropping out except for something pouring into a glass or the sound dropping out except mm-hmm. for like fingers tapping or, or fabric moving and I, I I brought up on that episode that yeah well it, it speaks to the way we process trauma while it's happening so many folks remember a really distinct visual or a distinct smell or something sensory. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of that traumatic experience because you, you can focus on one thing. Like your brain kind of picks a thing to work with because it can't work with what's really happening. Right. So for me, that, that that's very much, this movie was very much, I, I kind of came with away with the idea that the point of the movie wasn't for me to get the story or follow everything or like know what happened. The point for me was to get as close as possible to experiencing the story the way Joe would. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have to say a thing before I forget. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of trauma, he's hiding, right, from his dad mm-hmm. when he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And you count backwards from 100 when you play hide and seek. Oh, yep. that's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's, a, it's like a childlike way of, of making sense of what you're doing, making what you're doing work. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like if he was hiding, that might be the only thing he could focus on is like 99, 98, 97. Like... That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm glad you said that that way so I could connect that thing. Exactly. Even though it wasn't so, that great. So, it just happened on the fly. So no, I felt no. like it was really good, but later I'm going to be like, duh. Of exactly. Like it, it, for me, the experience was very much that of being in the body of someone who's been traumatized as much as I can through a screen. So the, the fragmented images and the, uh, the really sensory... Um, camera work, it, it was very... That, that's kind of what I came away with. It was not that the movie was bad... Um, but that I, the point was not the same kind of thing that I usually watch. The point was not the narrative. The point was not even actually the, the story so much as it was an experiential viewing that helps me understand Joe as a character differently. Mm-hmm. And then by extension, Nina, who now yeah has begun her journey to becoming Joe. Joe. Yeah. Although I do feel like she's a little bit more sound than he is. Like at the end. But... Um, one thing that the thing that connects them right is him going to rescue her at the playground and I just need to say real quick when he gets that little guy the little kid who spills immediately like he snitches hard and fast Mm. remember this happening and the kid goes I just work here fuck you Mm -hmm. you are the problem okay that's it I just need to say that real quick um I think that probably everyone watching it thought that too. But like, you know who else just worked here? The SS. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. Absolutely. Yeah, it still absolutely. counts. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so that, um, so since you brought us back to that scene, and we talked about the don't, don't look or close your eyes moment, and she doesn't. Um, I'm left wondering if one of the reasons, one of the reasons that he lets himself float back up to the surface and goes back after to save Nina is that he feels that either and i don't know that the audience will ever know is like was she going to eventually do what she does at the end regardless because of her trauma or was it because she kept her eyes open and she saw him and so he kind of created her and now has to now he has to make sure he's there alongside her oh my god is this the prequel to the profession (laughs) yeah oh good reference that's a good movie that still holds up yeah, and at the time it was age appropriate for me to fall in love with Natalie Portman, Is and it? it's still you know say, it's you still have very good taste like, because she's it was amazing. age appropriate then. It's like age appropriate now. That would mean you're about the same age. Well, right? well, right. But what I'm saying is, if I watched it for the first time today, not so good. Right. It would not be an age appropriate crush. I would send Joe. After yeah, exactly. Joe would need yeah. to be here. That's a really interesting question, though, about 
was she going to do it anyway? And I kind of felt like once she realized, like, oh, this is a good person and I don't have to endure this because a good person will come rescue me, I can also rescue myself now that I know it's possible. Like, when she realizes he's not taking her somewhere when they're in Mm -hmm. the car. Mm Mm-hmm. And she just starts, like, hugging on him, and he's like, no, stop. Yeah. He misreads it, I think, where he's like, you don't have to do that. But really, she's just so grateful when she realizes, like... Also, I think... You're not going to be... I read yeah, that moment a little it. differently. Okay, yeah, that's... It's ambiguous, but after I read I it, it's kind of a, it, a split reaction on both of them, that she may want to hug him, and that she's having this bizarre moment of, like, well, I would do it, right? That, like... Her natural inclination, inclination to maybe embrace him, has now been twisted to the point that she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, this is the moment that you do it." Then I guess, like, yes, he has to actually done a good thing for me. Those other guys paid me, but not really. Like, this is, this is, this is the right version of the transaction. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't think, but that he, she was getting paid. By the way, no, no, I don't, I don't like, think so either. I think she okay, understood okay. what that was that that like somebody. Right. Uh, that, okay. like, that was a transaction. But she was like, no, this is the good version. That Maybe there's a little bit of that. And that for him, he assumes that that's where she's going, even though if he had just hugged her back and then let her go, I don't think she would have pursued him. I think if he'd just been like, okay, let's sit and wait. I don't think right. she would have kept trying to climb Yeah, in. but it was important for the viewer to make that distinction of like, no, his boundaries are very clean cut. Mm-hmm. That's the save the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that moment where we make sure that like, oh, he's not irredeemable right and do i think save the cat has value yes do i think it is like the only way to write a screenplay no i know i mean it's it's like one it's one approach yeah 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 it's one thing but it is important to be mindful of that kind of thing when you are writing a character like joe as basically one of two characters in your entire movie (laughs) right that if he's gonna do all this terrifying stuff why do we keep watching sure yeah. What, what is compelling about like him? And for him, the compelling see... is dichotomy, not not his complete commitment to evil, which is also fascinating to watch. It's the dichotomy. And that's hard to navigate. Totally. I think that is the main distinction that is in place between this and, like, there are all other, like, Jason Bate. No, not Jason Bateman. Jason Statham. Oh, oh like my the gosh. They are or... very, yeah. very yeah. different actors. I know, but I never talk about Jason Statham, so that's why I was like, nope. No, no. <laughs> I just, like, I, <laughs> that's wrong. Like, my, Wouldn't that be great, though, if Jason Bateman was the That would be a movie I would watch a million times. <laughs> but I feel like it would be a really, really funny in a different way yeah, than but, the transporter <laughs> the point I was trying to make before I put my foot all the way down my fucking throat was um, the when he does go rescue her or, or really just in general until he's attacked outright we don't see him do any of the violence we just see it we know it happened mm-hmm. without watching him torture someone to death or uh, beat someone with a hammer you know mm-hmm. like it's we see it from the security camera that's right which I think is a really cool tactic and someone like joe would know immediately where the security cameras are in a place mm-hmm. like that yeah, yeah cause, and yeah. you don't see his face you um, just see him walking past just his back like just the back of his head so he kind of knows what he's up to there um absolutely and i think there is something too in terms of talking about not being too on the nose with the binaries that they keep the waters muddy pretty well for us to decide i mean he 
Um, there could be a very on the nose version of this where um, mm-hmm. he is just a savior figure because his mom is older and he's had to take care of her and et cetera, et cetera. And well, this is well, taken. Yeah, there could right? be, yeah. So the and very on the exactly. nose version. William taken. William Goldman called them comic book movies, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it would be the single purpose yeah. character, and in a way, they touch on that because. In, with the FBI, the, what does the cargo container contain? A lot of young women. In the scene where he's asked yeah. to take the photo, which if he walks by me, he's the last guy I'm asking to take a picture of my friends, by the way. Right. but the- By the way, the person that you asked to take the photo is the person who is like very put together, <laughs> but not naturally beautiful. Okay, okay. Mm. Good to know. You know, so- like that's who you... That's who you pick. So that, they know how to do the angles. And the any any and unconventional yeah. beauty. Mm-hmm. Yes, that thank you. We, that we was the way have, I tried to say it. We have your back. <laughs> we know what is that. We know what to okay, do. Okay, yeah. Like, That's right. I mean, and, and so I thought that that was pretty, pretty haunting. And so the one way to take it, the comic book movie, is that's what it's all about, right? And then the But, but then they complicate it with the fact that he's also – really punishing men and at the same time by necessity you can't hate men as a man and not hate some part of yourself too and i think that's why he's so hard on himself so i mean it's a really kind of a cool way to have the best of both worlds in what is ultimately kind of a psychological thriller crime story um Mm -hmm. and uh with quite a bit of horrific scenes thrown in Without being too pat or cliche, like so the the idea of the 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 comic book movie from William Goldman was that the there are movies that challenge the way we see the world and movies that don't, and this movie, without all of the sensory, without that montage style storytelling, could be the story of a man who experienced horrible trauma as a child, so he grew up to become a great soldier, he grew right. up to serve his government and his country. And now he is a now he is a vigilante protecting young women, and that's not oh, that's true. And who all all of what, all while taking care of his his um, elderly mother who needs a lot of physical assistance like that. All of that's true. It's all true, and yet this manages to be, be a, a movie that challenges the way that we see that that character and the way we see our own world and ourselves. And that is valuable. So, like I said, it's not that I thought this was a bad movie. I just, when I watched it, I, I don't. I'd like to watch it again. It's it's an hour and a half, guys. Everyone, go watch it again. But um, yeah, if only go watch it again because it was directed by a woman. So, like, go fucking watch it again. Make sure that people know where we want our money yeah, to go. Yeah, I love it when we get women. Directors. Especially with so... a film that you don't. I mean, that challenges the stereotype of what people are expecting in you know mainstream America from a woman director. Well, you know. It challenges what people expect from women who are directing. It challenges it challenges masculinity mm-hmm. in such a fascinating and beautiful way. Joe is such a vulnerable character while still being, yeah. in so many ways, this actually hyper-masculine, almost oh, yeah. perfect oh, yeah, example yeah, yeah, of what we expect of a perfectly toxic, patriarchal, central figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mary Kay... Just heard me say hyper masculine and went, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then I said toxic and she went, eh. oh. <laughs> So, like, her mouth was still smiling, like but her toxic. eyes frowned. I don't he think is toxic, toxic because he is murdering humans. He's murdering people who deserve to not be on the earth. 
I don't. I'm sorry, but that is the case here. There's no. It's that not is a question of whether I disagree with you. The question is, do we want anyone doing that? Because why does Joe get to do He's it? He's using his powers for good. Also, he has a lot of weaknesses. Why should Joe get to do it? That's true. Um, but going back to what Chris was saying about, like, when you hate men, you hate a part of yourself, mm-hmm. too. Talking about particular images in this movie, one of the one of the ones that I didn't understand the first time I watched it, but now I think I kind of do, is the close-up of him crushing the jelly bean. Oh, yeah. Like, between his fingers. Yeah. And so I watched for it this time, and he lays on the couch, and he gets a handful of jelly beans, and he said, and this is, like, very haphazard he says um i like the green i don't one. have any green ones yeah. i like the green ones and then he says oh i found a green one and then he squashes it mm. so it feels like he's i mean i could be really really reading into this but it just feels like he's seeing like this would make me happy let me destroy it i don't deserve it i don't think you're reading too much into it i think it also parallels or mirrors sort of so that's a, a jelly bean is a very childish candy, even if, and yeah. don't get me wrong. I love me some jelly beans, but, um, but it's kind of that got that association. And then later on, in order to proceed with his mission, he's got to pop a bunch of pills, which is a very adult candy yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better, I don't mean to be flip, but you know what I'm saying? No, you're right. Though. So yeah. look, there's a reason that we have to put childproof caps on them. Exactly. Yeah, so that we can have them on, they don't get them because I don't want them taking my pills. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't... I hate Sherry. Fuck you. No, that's that's my Xanax. My Xanax. That's what my my mom used to say that shit all the time, and I'd be like, "Can I have some jelly beans?" And she'd be like, "I don't feel like sharing." <laughs> that's good. She was teaching you about yeah, the world. She, she was just mean to me, and she's had me on diet since I was nine. <laughs> I know she's looking out for me or whatever. This is not about women. This is about men. Let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of mirrors. You're right, there's not enough media about men in the world. So let's make sure we keep talking about them. Well, one thing that I did think was super cool, speaking of these like very specific shots, is when he is trying to rescue Nina from the original place in New York, and he has a surveillance spot, and when he moves the rear view mirror so that we're squared up on the right, what is it, like a condo? The one that Nina's in. Yeah, the, it, the front in, looks almost like a brownstone or something. It's got its, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, thank you. That's what I was trying to find. That's the word I was looking for. Um, but he, he doesn't turn around. He doesn't do anything weird. He just moves the rearview mirror electronically. And I thought that was such a really mm-hmm. cool shot. And I don't know if it's accurate, but it felt accurate to me, knowing nothing at all. So, hey, that's cool. my favorite place to speak from. <laughs> Yay, total ignorance. <laughs> this was one of my hot takes. Is he pulling his own fucking tooth right now? Fuck me. Here's the thing. I know you well enough to know that I'm not sure whether I mean it both ways. Exactly. Whether the fuck me is a like fuck me or a like fuck me. Another scene that I thought was really cool was him toweling the floor that his mom wrecked. Yeah. That was yeah. that was sweet. And and yeah, it was sweet, and then when he turned around, you saw those scars in the backs of his Absolutely. legs. You know, another thing you see on his body, so which it only briefly shows up, which makes me wonder if I'm reading way too much into it, and it's actually a tattoo that Joaquin has, but he's got one tattoo on his body, the and circle. it's a circle, or it's a numeral zero. I didn't notice that. Either way, it's, 
it's interesting to me and it seemed featured in a way that says like that matters i just thought you know you were never really there like and the way that the numeral zero kind of was conceptualized way way back when was this idea that what you do is you draw a circle and then you put nothing inside of it to conceptualize that that abstract idea oh wow so i just like that idea that either he's taught in some kind of circle or that you were never really there is sort of um his necessity of like absence from things in order to be able to pull off the things that he pulls off right um but yeah. I have no idea. That's me just reading into everything and then being like, this will be my thesis. This will be my thesis statement. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that works. And I, uh, that is a really nice segue into our next little bullet point here about um, the composition of the scenes. Because that is in the scene when he is at, I assumed it was the uh, VA. Um, I don't know, but I assume that's where he was because of the other people who were in there with him. Um, and he's like singing to himself in the mirror about how pretty he is. Yeah. He slicks his oh, hair back. Right. I love that scene. I thought that was so yeah. sweet. I was like, yes, he was pretty. <laughs> um, anyway, I, so that was one of the scenes where I, you kind of got to breathe a little bit cause he felt more relaxed. Yeah. You know? Can you think of a time nice. speaking of being pretty? We talked about smiles earlier. Thank Can you. you think about? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see which one would be quicker on the uptake there, um, but uh... <laughs> it's usually Mary Kay, so I'm really glad. I <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got um, it. So, uh, do you think? Can you think of a scene in this movie that instantly comes to mind where someone smiles? I've had a really hard time thinking of one after I watched it. His mom smiles. When she wakes, when she fakes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, up. there's like immediately, yeah. and she smiles like that whole scene. Really okay, much. yeah, that's true. That's a sweet moment too. I didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, she has to because the rest of their interaction is very normal, like parent and kid in the house mm-hmm. shit. Where he's got to be like, "What are you doing in there? Like, what are you fucking around right. with?" <laughs> like he knows she's not deliberately fucking around with anything. Like he's not. He's not really mad at her so much as he's mad at the fact that, like, she can't, like, he needs to help mm-hmm. her. Right. But she has now locked him out of the space where, like, she can die. And also, it is just kind of inconvenient. And, like, the whole thing is, just, like, get, just get out. Yeah. Yeah. just, like, gets out of, he just needs to get her out of the bathroom so that she's right. fine. And he has to check on her on the stairs. She's like, I, if I go really slow, mm-hmm. then I'm fine. I got it. She's like, I need my space. And he was like, you have to get out of your space so that I can <laughs> take can I tell care you of you. That at first, I thought she said, I need my spank. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, go get your spanks downstairs. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's weird. Oh, man. And then I figured it out. I knew she was in a poor mental space as a oh, mother. Gosh. When she walked out of the bathroom and didn't notice that he'd been practicing his knife throwing in her hardwood floors, I was like, God, my, my mom would right. kill me if she saw the knife marks in her mm. floors. My mom would notice before right. I did. She'd be like, what the fuck is this, Mary Kay? Mm-hmm. What'd you do here? Oh, man. I used to be able to blame it on my stepdad. But I don't know. Maybe you should ask him. <laughs> he did it to me, too. It's fine. Yeah, I mean. Um... So speaking of disturbing imagery, mm-hmm. 
I thought one of the longest scenes, and it was not one of the longest, but it felt the longest, is when he's having that anxiety t- attack in the pink room when Nina's not in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, they, he strips and out of that First shirt. of all, who doesn't feel that way when they're in a suit? Like, get this shit <laughs> off of me! I feel like that kid, remember when he was on the drugs after the dentist, and he was like, Aah! David after the dentist. <laughs> yes, David after the dentist. <laughs> That's how I feel anytime I wear a suit. What? I have not worn anyway. a suit before. You've worn suits before? That's so cool. Yes, girl. I learned something new. Yeah, that's a nice thing yes. to learn. I would wear one. I just, you know, when I, anyway. I had one made for me in China, actually, like a proper suit. And then, um, but at that point, I was in the best shape of my entire life. So pretty quickly, that was not a feasible thing to wear. I hate it when that happens, when you're in really good shape and you're like, fuck yes, this dress, I'm going to rock the rest of my life. And it's like, but also chicken wings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, it. and I was very yeah. young. I, at that point, I was, I had just turned 21. So like, you know, your oh body's going to keep changing. I can't fit anything I wore when I was 21. Yeah. Your body's just going to keep changing, kids. Don't worry. So, look, I mean, I worry about it. ass and we have to just be okay with it and get bigger clothes. Okay. It's fine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, why would you? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, yeah, bring that fat ass, put it in pants that fit, then bring it here again. Like, that's fine. So. It's the Gravitron. It just keeps going back. Boom, 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 boom. Like a heartbeat. So. Like a heartbeat. Oh, my gosh. It's Reverb. Reverb is the name of this game. So I, uh, I would like to have one made again, but for years I wouldn't get one because I couldn't button anything over my chest. Oh, yeah. And now I can, but I have to find. Well, stuff that also I like. most of women's suits they don't button. They button it like the rib cage because they know that now. Like mm. it, depending on where you go, of course. But they'll they'll be like it'll just be two buttons and they'll both be low mm. if you go to the right place. I've always wanted like a Nicki Minaj baby blue blazer. Mm. Charming. I think that would be dope. Oh, let's talk about the girls on the street. Ask him to take a picture of them. That completely disturbed me. It, when it gets really slow yes. and they're smiling, but somehow the way it's shot, it's kind of, it's the equivalent of when you take in a picture you thought you looked good in, but then you go back and look at it and you're like, oh shit, damn, that <laughs> right. smile's awkward. Like, oh, why do I look terrified? <laughs> <laughs> Did I have gas that day? You know, like you look, they look horrific, even though they're, they're <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One time Mary told me I had too many teeth. Like I was, took like five pictures in a row. And she was like, Why does your smile show every tooth in your head? <laughs> oh, man. The thing is, you know, my mother has the same but, thing. Yeah, disturbing in the same way. <laughs> my mother has the same thing. Where like, well, not anymore now. She's nice and chubby, so her like cheeks are awful. But when she was real young and she smiled, it looked like her head was just kind of like snap off of her tiny neck. Oh, no. Like it just like stretched wide. It was like, like, like just this break it I think it's because I have a big head and a big mouth and small teeth. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> No, I think that those pictures just made you look a little terrifying, <laughs> and you look delightful and beautiful, and you have very pretty teeth. And also, I don't think you have a big They're head. Small. I think you have huge hair. I have both. I have. I've always worn like an extra large hat. People will be like, "Try this hat on." It'll just sit on my head. <laughs> <laughs> my head is pretty normal size, but my hands are just. 
I feel like in images they look fine, and then when I go to try on a glove, someone's like, "Wait, it won't." <laughs> just, it can't. And I'm like, "Yeah, I but know." It's like fucking OJ all the time. They can't quit. Yeah, it's ha- handy, you know. That's good. <laughs> I, I I feel you on the things that should look delicate on a human woman and do not on me. Oh, my teeth open like a monster. <laughs> what? I thought I meant hats. Not your teeth. Hats. Oh. Hats. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so, can we talk about the ending? What ending? What, <laughs> what ending? What is the deal? What is the deal with the end? He didn't die, and then she was like, let's leave this restaurant. Well, the last lines are, it's a beautiful yeah. day, and then he says, it is a beautiful day. Yeah. That's just factual. That's just like talking like humans. What happened? I think it's their like it's the moment that they need to. It's like the whole staying in the moment and meditation thing. You know, it's like he he's got these suicidal ideations that he would act on, but she's got the right answer. That's why one of you said that she's the more stable of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of yeah. like she's got the answer. Well, we can't do that. It's a beautiful day, and he she names it, and then he kind of comes over to that only mm-hmm. p- through her. So it's like they both save each other by the end of the, the film. I think that's definitely that's true. That was my take on it, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the way that the actual shot itself is handled because, yes, whoa, let's do that. he, yes. I mean, he, the gun goes off. And the blood goes everywhere, kind of like in the scene when when he opens the door and the cops come and, you know, there's a shot. Right. Blood goes everywhere. It's on people's faces. It's in their milkshakes. I drink them up. Um, And then, like, he (laughs) – he, uh, but it's on the receipt, right? She's like, here's your check, sir. And everything's just played straight through in this way that that I find really kind of cool and, like, something I hadn't really seen before. If you are experiencing – depression which he undoubtedly is that's kind of how you feel it would go over right is like everything is exactly the way it was before like it doesn't matter to Mm -hmm. anyone so that's one of so that's like another you were never really here moment yeah right or i didn't need to be here see because nobody will notice when I'm... That's not. why I like the idea of her gifting him the acknowledgement of a beautiful day. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. And I really think the, re- the only reason he doesn't do it is because he has to take care of her. Well, that's the thing. Because he almost kills himself when his mother dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then he realizes he needs yeah. to help her. And he dumps the rocks out of his pocket. He needs someone to take care yeah. of. Because he's not worth taking care of. That's what his brain is yeah. telling him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if he lives or dies. He's been he has been living in a space where he might die, and that's kind of the point. Like it, it doesn't yeah. matter if he lives or dies. So where's the next? Like yeah. if you had to think of where does this go? Like hired assassin, mm-hmm. former young rich girl. They talk about Mexico, maybe. Like what's the next scene? Like what are they? Where? How? What does that life look like? <laughs> um, montage walking on sunshine. Okay. <laughs> they try out a bunch of outfits. <laughs> that's gonna be our closer, yeah. right? That's what I just typed With in. I was like, yeah, "That's it. it. What happens yeah. next?" I like it. Well, I do feel like so. I want to answer it seriously first, but and then as a joke. Um, but I do feel like they need mm. each other. Like it's symbiosis in the most. Uh, is that the right word? Symbiosis? I think it is. 
Where, like, two organisms benefit off of each other mm-hmm. even though they're using each mm-hmm. other? Okay. Um, although I feel like for her it is temporary. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't, if at any point she doesn't need him anymore, that'll be it. Unless there's another step yeah. taken. But because they have each other. I also love the idea of them going to Pr- uh, Pride Rock and him holding her up like <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I like it. I like the idea of her going to like spring break <laughs> in Cabo, oh, out in California or in Mexico. Cabo, yeah. yeah. And she brings him, so they're like that. The camera's on her, and she's like, "Woo!" And then it cuts to him, and he's just like being terrifying in a, in, like, a donut. <laughs> in he's like on one of those flamingo floats, and he's sitting up, and, like holding. Holding a yeah. drink. He's on the like, donut float like LeBron James. He's, yeah, he's in the background brooding the behind Carson Daly. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, God. yeah, like his hair is all down. It's like out of the ponytail. And he's just like staring darkly into the camera. It's frizzy like it is in Florida. <laughs> right. right? It's just like, ah. Well, no, they're in Cabo. They're in Cabo. The weather's perfect. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. I thought we were in Panama City for some reason. I mean, we could be. We can be anywhere. They have nowhere to go but anywhere. Right. Maybe they were never really there. Right. Hey, full circle. On that, note, <laughs> on that note. Now that we've closed the tattoo circle, um, oh yay! It's been real, and um, this has been great. This is a great episode. This was, yeah, think. this was like the most fun I've had in a minute. Um, yeah, thank you, Chris, for being our. Hey, it was guest. a blast. I'd You're love awesome. to do it again sometime. You guys are great. Yes, we would love to have you back. Yeah. I'm speaking for all people and all things. Bring your, bring, bring, you bring, your, bring your avatar. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll bring you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it on purpose, but I'm going to blush anyway. Okay, cool. All right. So, wait, wait. Before we move on, tell us where everybody can buy your book. Um, mm, as you. of Friday, the official book launch will happen, and you can get it through Broken River Books or on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. I suggest, suggest the latter two because it'll be – Real quick, and uh, it'll go hard in the paint to your house, so you can get started on it. And uh, feel free to contact me at my website if you want to talk about it or anything like that. I really love it. And we'll link both of those things in our show notes. So if you're like driving right now and you're like, "Oh fuck, how do I get there?" You can just come back to the episode, click on the title, what and then a we'll link it. Fascinating there. moment to bring the sports metaphor. <laughs> sports. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We thought we were safe this whole time. Oh, well, you know, you got to end on a low note. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so we'll link to that in the show notes. Leave them expecting less from you next time. Yeah, then you really (laughs) surprise them. That's my (laughs) All right, that really was great. Thanks Thanks a lot, ladies. Thank you. All right, uh, up next, we've got a real humdinger. And uh, it's the first time in a minute that I'm legit nervous about watching a movie. The last time I freaked out to see something was raw. And you see where I've gone since then, guys. So don't yeah. worry. Um, so up next is Hereditary. Yes. Fucking A. It's going to be so scary. It's so scary. <laughs> so you all heard about it. Um, everyone. And our friend Rachel's going to come be on the episode, too. So. Everyone was freaking out, but me and Rachel and Mary Kay are going to make fun of it so much that it's not even that scary anymore. It's fine. Also, yeah. Mary Kay... I thought I was, like, feeling real badass about suggesting this movie. Mary Kay was like, I just had a nightmare about that the other night, and I haven't seen it in months. And I was like, dear That's God. That's right. But then I yeah. had a nightmare in which someone was changing the Roku in my brain. 
So I have sleep paralysis. Fucking no. That's the worst. I have sleep paralysis. That's Twilight Zone shit. Yeah, I have sleep paralysis. So I can be alert or trying to wake up and not be able to, like, do things, right? Um, And I... I feel like I'm awake, but it was like somebody was changing channels in my brain. They straight up went to like a menu and, and it like moved to a menu, which might just be that that's how I'm used to watching TV now. But also next novel idea or what? It sounds like Bandersnatch kind of. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, just fun fact. I know we're closing out, but just in case you guys were wondering, before I saw the movie Us, I dreamed the movie Us. Which meant that basically I co-owned a house with Winston Duke. <laughs> like that was I hated, I hated that dream, and she texted me about it, and the very next night, I had a dream that Winston Duke and I were being set up on a blind date, and it went very well. Oh, okay, okay. This so, is not a competition. This is my subconscious that I can't control. Well, my subconscious is apparently, like, determined to crush your subconscious in a game of dating Winston <laughs> Duke, who, like, we don't even know if he dates, like, women, so, like, it's fine. Like, who knows? Who knows? No one knows. No one knows. Doesn't know. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us by Chris's book. Mm-hmm. And thank you again. This has been awesome. <laughs>